This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Good morning, good morning. So good to see you here today. God bless you. I'm going to give you the word of God today to feed your faith and starve your doubts. So I believe the Lord will move today. If you're a guest, we're honored to have you with us. Again, if you need a Bible, why don't you get your hand up real high. Our ushers would gladly put the Word of God in your hand and allow you to get in the Word again. My thought is this, you get in the Word and God will get into you. And so that's our desire again here today. As you're getting a Bible, you can go with me to the book of Jeremiah chapter 6. Again, we've been on a series on dominion about how God's desire is for us to walk in victory on this earth. But there's ways in our own life sometimes we get off track. So as again, as you're going to Jeremiah 6, one of our main texts last week was, was John 8. There in John 8, verse 31, it says that if you abide in my word, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. The key is how do I abide in the word? I must live by the word of God. I remain in the word of God. In other words, the word of God is a daily, a daily thing. It's not just once in a blue moon. And so within the word of God is the ability to set us free. You'll know the truth and this truth will set you free. And so again, I, I can't walk in the dominion of the word of God without obeying it. And so it's very important for us to do that. And so if there's truth within the Word of God, it's wrong for me to conveniently avoid scriptures that would confront you. In other words, it's wrong for me to skip over things that we may think they're confrontational. And so again, we're going to highlight some things this morning. So begin with me in Jeremiah 6 verse 10. To whom shall I speak and give warning? Now, it's interesting, he said, not just to speak, but to give us warning. There's purpose that the Bible gives us warning. That they may hear, they may listen. You know, if you study in the New Testament, it's amazing how many times the Lord Jesus said this here. He said, if you have ears to hear, let him hear. Well, the issue isn't if we have ears. I mean, I can look around here, there's a lot of ears, okay? Okay. Every one of you got ears. Some of you got big ears. Some of you got little ears. You get to discern that, okay? I'm not going to do that for you. I, I have little bitty ears. I don't like anyone to use my earpiece because I got such little bitty ears. So we have some that use my earpiece, and they have those Dumbo ears. And when they do that, it just kind of, so that's a little bit off the, the subject. But again, we all have ears to hear. Keep reading. Indeed, their ear is uncircumcised. It's closed, and they won't hear. And because of that, they cannot give heed. Behold, the word of the Lord is a reproach to them. Now, the word reproach means it's a disgrace. The word of the Lord is shame to them. Now, just off of that question right there, just you, you personally answer that question. Is the word of God to you, is it a reproach? Is it a shame? Is it a disgrace? Something I, I must look at. How, how do I view the word of God? Again, do I take the word of God? If I can take it, I can leave it hit or miss. It's okay. I, 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 like, I like commandment 13579, but I hate 2468. So again, we've got to a place in our society that it's very easy to look at the Ten Commandments as multiple choice, but that's not what it is. 
So again, when I look at it, I, I've got to ask myself this question. And then he ends verse 10 and says, they have no delight in it. What's the it? It's the word of God. They have no delight in the word of God. Now answer that question. Is the word of God a delight to you? You know, the Bible's very clear. It says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And so for the word of God to become a delight to me, that's an acquired taste. And what I mean by that, there was years in my life, I ate asparagus, but I hated it. I hated it. And Shelly would keep fixing it. And I'd hate it. Some of you say, yeah, I relate to that. But after a period of time, because I kept eating it, I began to acquire that taste. Well, think about this. Before you were born again, you didn't have no taste for the Word of God. And so I, I begin to hunger for the Word of God. Remember the Lord Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so I, I got to come to a place in my life where and I delight in the Word of God. I don't view the Word of God as punishment. I don't view the Word of God as, as something that punishes me or beats me up in the head. I delight in the Word of God. Now, because of the two things he mentions, because the Word of God was viewed as reproach and they didn't delight in it, look at the consequences. Verse 11, therefore I'm full of the fury or the wrath of the Lord. I am weary of holding it in or restraining it. I will pour it out on the children outside and on the assembly of the young men together. For even the husband shall be taken with the wife and the age with them is full of days. Now, when he talks about the fury of the Lord that's going to come because they, they viewed the word as reproachful or they didn't delight in it. If you'll note, no one was exempt. You go back there and look. He mentions the children. He mentions the young. He mentions the husband, the wife. And he mentions the old ones too. So none of us are exempt from this when we view the word as, as disgusting or distasteful. Verse 12. And their houses shall be turned over to others, fields and wives together, for I will stretch out my hand against the inhabitants of the land, says the Lord. Because from the least of them, even to the greatest of them, everyone is given to covetousness. They're, they're given over to greed. They, they lust after the things of the world. And he goes on to say, and from the prophet, even to the priest, everyone deals falsely. Now, as I begin to look at these passages, the message translation says this about verse 13. It said, even the prophets and the priests and everyone in between, they twist the word and they doctor the truth. Wow. See, again, the Bible's very clear that we're not to add to the word or we're not to take away from the word. And we live in a society right now that many will say, well, the word of God's outdated. The word of God's not outdated. And there's ones that say, well, we really, really need to improve on the Word of God. God's Word didn't need to be improved on. And so when we say things like that, it's saying this, I, I want you to go ahead and, and welcome my, my lifestyle. I want you to welcome the, the sin in my life. You've you got to tell me it's okay. Keep reading. They have also healed the hurt of my people 
slightly. Now, when I saw the word slightly, it meant superficially. It was nothing more than superficial or outward treatment. And he goes on to say this, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. And so literally, these, these false prophets were speaking of peace when, when there was no peace at all. And he ends this and says, were they ashamed when they had committed abominations? Were they ashamed with their disgusting acts? No, they were not at all shamed, nor did they know how to blush. Therefore, they shall fall among those who fall. At the time I punish them, they shall be cast down, says the Lord. And so what goes on here, there was a counterfeit ministry literally taking place that misguided ministers were leading people astray, and they were literally almost endorsing Sinful lifestyles. And so again, there's, there's consequences to how I live. Now, turn with me to the book in 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And where we're going to this, I'm, I'm going to take two, two passages here back to back. We'll go to 2 Timothy 4 and then we'll go to the book of Titus. They're right after each other. But why I'm taking you to these is the Apostle Paul was writing to two young pastors. Now, in 2 Timothy 4, he's giving this young pastor, Timothy, some clarification here, and I, I believe his warning is still applicable to today. I believe this is still what needs to take place. So we begin 2 Timothy 4, verse 1. I charge you, and that... that word charge there in the Greek is literally referring to a testimony in a court of law. So I charge you, therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Now I want to make this clear to every one of us. I, I don't care if you're in here today or you go home and be with Jesus tonight. The day will come when every one of us in here are going to stand before God. Every one of us. Nobody's exempt. Verse 2. Preach the word. Preach the word. The, the New Living says it this way. Preach the word of God. Now it's interesting. Again, this is this letter that so Paul's talking to this young pastor. And he says to him, preach the word. He didn't say, tell him a bunch of stories. He didn't say, entertain him. He said, didn't tell them you can live however you want. God's okay. That's why we have grace. Now, it's interesting to me. His assignment was preach the word. And so that's why I said this is still applicable for this day because I believe this. If I don't preach the word, I do you no good. Only the truth sets people free. So he says, Timothy, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season all the time. Your job is to convince, it is to rebuke, it is to exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. Now, the, the message says this, you are to challenge, you are to warn, you are to urge. Don't ever quit. I'm to instruct you what the Word of God says. Verse 3, a warning to Timothy. For the time will come when they, 
will not endure sound doctrine. So I'm looking at this passage, and I highlight in my Bible the word they. The day will come when they won't endure sound doctrine. Well, who's the they? It was the people that were within the church that Timothy was preaching the word of God to. And so he's warning, there's a day that's coming where, where people will not tolerate the truth. The message says they will not stomach or have a stomach for the truth of the word of God. Now it's interesting, he said this day will come. Well, my thought on that is welcome to that day. I believe we were getting into this more and more and more and more. And so again, man, I got to get in the word. I got to preach the word. He goes on to say, they won't endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up some themselves teachers. They'll reject the truth. And when it talks about the teachers here, one translation after another says this, considerable number, one teacher after another, a great number of teachers. So that's why important we get into the Word of God. And I got to get into the Word of God. And so he ends this in verse 4 and he says this to him. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and they'll be turned aside to fables. They will exchange the truth for fables and myths and fictions. And, and the reason they will begin to do that, I believe, is to support their lifestyle. Again, tell me what I'm doing is okay. Tell me what I'm doing is right. And so again, I believe this, that times the Word of God can be viewed as negative. The Word of God can be viewed as discouragement. Look at it this way. The Word of God's not negative. And the Word of God is not to discourage you, but what the Word of God does, it is there to point out where I'm wrong, but also where I'm right. The Word of God has the ability within it to show me where I'm off track, but also where I'm on track. And so that's the goal of the Word of God. Now, turn one chapter or one book to the book of Titus and go to Titus chapter 2. Now, as you're turning to Titus, let me tell you about the guy named Titus. Titus was a convert of, of Paul. He was not a Jew, he, he was Greek, and he was relatively young minister too. And so when I begin to study this and I look at Paul's words to Titus, he was literally telling him, you must work on the preservation of the truth. Do, do not let the truth go. And also, you got to safeguard ethical standards. you got to say, this is what God's desire is for us. So we start here in Titus 2 verse 11. For by the grace of God that brings salvation is appeared to all men. By the grace. Now, I want to highlight the word grace. Remember, it's unfair, unmerited favor or blessings. Grace is an empowerment. Grace is a gift. And so literally right there, he says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. I'm saved by grace through Christ Jesus or through faith. And so the, the, the uh, Amplified says it this way, and this is a good one. For the grace is for the deliverance of sin and eternal salvation for all men. I'm born again through grace. And the way I overcome sin in my life is through grace. Man, I, I welcome grace. 
Now, last week I stood before you and I said this out of my mouth. Right, right now in my life, I'm asking God to grace me, to crucify my flesh, and that I die to myself. Not, not once in a while. I'm telling you guys, this, this is repeated over and over through the day. And I, I am beginning to see God working me in incredible ways. There, there's a holiness on me that there, I, I don't know if I've walked in this in my entire life. And so all this happens is when I give God the invitation, Lord, grace me. Now, here's the thought. If you could have saved yourself without grace, then why didn't you do it? If you could have got free from sin by yourself, then go ahead and do it. But it's interesting that he always reverts back to the grace of God. And so if you're struggling in an area of your life, welcome grace. Welcome grace. And so I was around one of our men. He was in the first service here yesterday afternoon. And he said, Pastor, when you got over on the grace about crucifying your flesh, flesh he said, it helped me. He said, it's almost like it raised the bar in my life to say, man, I, I want to live that way. I, I don't just want to know about God. I want to know God. And so he said that he was going through some, some uh, events last week. And he said, they were very difficult times. And he said, before I went into those, he said, Father God, I, I welcome your grace. And he said, after I came out of the meetings and things, he said, it was so shocking to me about how it just, it really went so smooth and easy. And I said, that's the grace of God. And so he highlights this to this pastor. And you know what I think he's telling him? Titus, not, not only do you got to preach grace, you got to live by grace. Verse 12. Teaching us that denying or rejecting ungodliness and worldly lusts or to reject and renounce and say no to these ungodly lusts. And we go back to grace. And then he ends and says, we should live soberly in a responsible matter of being self-controlled. Live righteously, upright, live godly or, or spiritual in the present age. You know what the present age is? Right now. See, so many Christians, we live in, in the future. Well, when we get to heaven... I believe in heaven. But it's interesting, he's dealing with ungodliness. He says ungodly and worldly lusts. Well, think about this. There's not going to be ungodly and worldly lusts in heaven. That's not there. So right here, he's saying, live by the grace of God in this area. Because you know what? Jesus wants you to be his model here on earth. He wants you this summer. When, when you get around relatives at the family reunion, they all look and say, what happened to you? When you go to your class reunions, they say, what happened to you? And you begin to say, and I asked Jesus into my heart, and all of a sudden, this is what's happening to me. And so I become a living witness. The greatest example to people is how you live. It's how I live. Thank you for that excitement. Verse 13, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great and God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, he's coming back. And look what he talks about Jesus. He gave himself for us, that he might redeem us, repurchase us from every lawless or ungodly deed. Wow. Again, 
He didn't just, he just didn't redeem you to, to keep you out of hell. That's a great one right there. But he redeemed me so I don't have to walk in all these godless acts. And he goes on to say, and purify himself for his own special people, zealous for good works. Speak these things. He said, exhort, rebuke with all authority, adver- urge, advise, and warn. And he ends with this and he says, and let no one despise you. So he's telling him, this was his instruction. So I begin to look at this and I think, what's changed? Nothing's changed. Humanity's still the same. And so I highlight this again today. There is no dominion without obedience. And so the more we learn to obey God, the better off we're going to be. Now, I got two passages I want to end with today. And these are designed to help every one of us. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4. We'll go to Ephesians 4, and then I'm going to end in Romans 8. Ephesians 4 is the first one. And once you get there, I'll begin in verse 20. It says, but you have not so learned Christ. But you didn't learn Christ. I need to learn Christ. I need to learn everything I can about Jesus. And then say, grace me to live like you, Lord Jesus. I want to learn Christ. Now think about the word learn. When, when When you learn addition... That, that goes with you the rest of your life. And he wants us to learn Christ. He he's wants that to be with us every day. And so he said, you got to learn Christ. Verse 21. And if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. So the more I get around Jesus, the more I'm going to live in truth. And the more I live in truth, the better my, my life is. Verse 22, that you put off concerning your former conduct. The old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Now it's interesting here. I'm to put off that old man. That corruptible man. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation So once I get born again, that shouldn't be what defines me as that old man. There's a new man within me. And he says, put it off. Let me ask you something. Have you ever asked God to grace you to put off that old man? I I welcome that thought with you. Say, Lord Jesus, help me today. I I don't want to live that way. Verse 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And literally says, You've got to, to, to reshape, retrain the way you think. This is uh, Romans 12 too. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind to the word of God. So literally, he said, you've got to get into the word. Allow the word of God to change the way you think. And then look at verse 23. Or verse 24, and, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So what's interesting, he says, put off the new or the old man and put off the new man, but sandwich right in between it, he says, 
Renew your mind to the Word of God. So the more I get into the Word, the more God gets into me. And I begin to think in line with the Word of God. And, and Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So I start seeing myself how the Word of God sees me. And I'll tell you, it'll begin to, begin to change me. Doesn't matter who you are. Keep reading here. Therefore, putting away lying. Let each one of you speak the truth. Now, what he begins to do, and I don't have time to go through this, but he begins to list a behaviors or actions that we as human beings have. And if you read the, the, all that passage, you could probably take a, a pencil out and check that and say, yeah, I've, I've been bound by that. I've had that issue, an issue, an issue, an issue. The reason he brings this up is not to condemn us. It's to help us to get us to set free. So he mentions the very first one. He says, therefore, put away lying. Now, I don't ask for a show of hands here. But would that describe you right now? Do you lie? Do you tell lies? Repeat it. Just lie. Liar, liar, pants on fire. So I begin to look at this. And one of the things I like to do when I begin to look at, at, at things with our flesh or sin, I, I like to try to find out what the root cause is. There's a root in every one of us that causes us to, to do sinful things or behaviors. You know what it said about the root of lying is? It's a fear of rejection and a fear of failure. And so if you've got a problem with, with lying, that's the root right there. But the problem that goes with when I become a liar, it disrupts unity. It, it also destroys relationships. Go ahead and answer it. Tell them I said hi. You should be in church. Let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. In other words, don't allow your anger to cause you to sin. Have any of you in here ever been dominated by anger? Because when we are dominated by anger, what usually happens is when we cool down, we look and we think, Oh my gosh, why did I do that? And so this is another manifestation of the flesh. And he says... Don't be angry, but don't sin. So I want to highlight what he says. Do not sin. Point blank, do not sin. Verse 27, nor give place to the devil. That word place right there, the Greek word for that is a word called topos, which literally means believers can actually give ground to satanic control in their life. So the two things I want to highlight right here, he says, don't sin and don't give place to the devil. Now, if I do, there's going to be consequences that go with both of those. But have I ever been bound by either one of those? Am I bound because of sin? Am I bound because I give place to the devil? Now, turn with me to Romans 8, and we'll see how all this plays out. Romans chapter number 8. I don't have time to read the whole chapter, and some of you are think, saying, thank God he didn't. Let me hit some verses. Let's begin Romans 8, verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh, those who are dominated by their sinful nature, 
They set their minds on the things of the flesh. Think about what he just said. So again, it goes back to what we said. And that's why I've got to renew my mind to the word of God. As a man thinks. So if I think on something long enough, I'm usually going to start heading that direction. Now understand this, when we talk about sin, just because you have a thought of a sin doesn't mean it's sin. It's not sin until you act on it. Let me give you a little help here on that. You can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can sure keep them from nesting in your hair. What did he say? Listen to the podcast. But, now I love the buts in this, verse 5. But those who live according to the Spirit of the Holy Spirit, they set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Woo! Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, self-control, goodness, kindness, gentleness, meekness. So when I begin to think in line with the things of the Spirit, man, things begin to happen. Things begin to change. Now, understand this. Every one of us is born again. The minute we get born again, we all have the same amount of resources and time to say, I, I choose to renew my mind with the Word of God. So the more you choose to get into the Word of God, the better off you're going to be. Keep reading, verse 6. For to be carnally or fleshly minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, this is the Paul, Apostle Paul writing again, and it's interesting to me, in verse 5 and 6, he only gives two options. You're going to be dominated by your flesh, or you're going to be dominated by your spirit. Now, this doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. He said that when I'm dominated by my flesh, it's equal to a life of death or a death-like sentence. But to live by the things of the Spirit of God is life and peace. Now, I hope I don't have to tell you which one you want to gravitate toward, okay? I've been on both sides of that. I've lived a life of a death-like existence. And I choose peace. I love the peace of God. I love the life I live right now. Do you know, for me to be a believer, it's not hard work. I don't stomp my feet and get mad and say, oh, crud, it's Sunday morning. I got to go to church today. It's the earliest day of the week I wake up. I'm like, whoa, it's game day around my house. Let's go. Let's praise God. I, I love to get here early and begin to pray and seek God. And so, again, it always bothers me when Christians act like it's torture to serve Jesus. Oh, it's so bad. So bad. And some of you smiled, your face would crack. Bunch of lemons. I'm getting off a little bit here. I, I like my life. Same chapter, verse 12. Therefore, brethren. Woohoo! That takes a whole new light right there. These are believers, these are born again Christians, the brethren. We are debtors not to the flesh. In other words, I don't have to be dominated by what my flesh dictates. And he goes on to say, to live according to the flesh. Believers, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Again, I believe the apostle Paul is really, really wanting to set that in. 
But here's another but. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Now what he does here again, he gives us two roads we can go on. I can go on flesh or I can go on the things of the Spirit. But there's consequences attached to both of them. Now if you'll catch the little nugget there at the end of verse 12, he said, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your flesh. He didn't say if you eat a lot of spinach. He didn't say if you go to church every day for a month. He didn't say if you do 100 Hail Marys today. No, he said if by the Spirit of God. So literally what begins to happen is I invite the Holy Spirit in. And day by day I say, man, I need you, Holy Spirit. Work in me. Work in me. And here's what I figured out about this guy right here. As long as I'm on this earth, this is my flesh. I got a flesh. You got a flesh. As long as you're here, you're going to have to keep putting that dude under. Because you know what I found out? Anytime he gets the chance, he tries to rise from the dead. He tries to come back up. Man, the more I hang around with Jesus, the more the grace of God works in me. And I've seen it in areas of my life incredibly. Again, someone that was not only addicted to alcohol, but dominated by it. I don't have that desire anymore. And it's not even a temptation to look at that and think, I'm telling you who the sun sets free, he's free. He set me free. He set me free. And a lot of times when we go to, to, to alcohol or these things, it, it's, it's just a band-aid on my life. You know what I found out about getting drunk? I sober up the next day. And then you know what I got to do? I got to get drunk again. And what I found out about getting drunk, not only did it waste my money, I took on a case of stupid. I did some of the stupidest things in the world. And I begin to look and I think, you know what, I, I don't have to be dominated like that. You know what, I found out Coca-Cola's not the real thing, Jesus is. And so, man, I just begin to let Jesus go to work. I mean, I can tell you this, he's not done. I still got a flesh, just ask my wife. I still got a flesh. Man, when I invite him in, and I'm going to end in this last verse. This is verse 8. Listen real close to this. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Cannot. Cannot please God. And so as I look at those words, I know every one of us in here, if I ask you, do you want to please God? You say, I want to please God, Pastor. But he said, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And so if I cannot please God if I'm in the flesh, what would happen if I begin to say, Lord, go ahead and go ahead and crucify my flesh today. Go ahead and go to work in me where I'm not dominated by my flesh. I'm, I'm, I'm controlled by the Holy Spirit. I'm led by the Spirit of God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. That's Romans 8, 14. And so again, man, I, I got to be led by the Spirit of God. Why don't you stand up here with me? So as I read this, I'm still on the areas of dominion. I'm not going to walk in dominion if I'm dominated by the flesh. So here's what one of the things the Lord really put on my heart this morning in prayer. Oftentimes as born-again Christians, we treat Jesus like a a credit card. 
What do you mean by that? You only pull it out when you're really needy. And normally it's in a situation where your life is goofed up. You're in a royal mess and you're saying, oh, oh Lord Jesus, come and rescue me. Be the life jacket of my life. Again, something happens when I, I come around Jesus on a daily basis. I, I, I don't want to treat Father God or Lord Jesus like this great sugar daddy in the sky. I want to be a child of God and say, Lord, I love you. I appreciate what you're doing. So we sang today the song, The Walls. Just let me ask you these questions here. Has the word of God been a reproach to you? Is that a wall? You get mad at the word of God? Is delighting in the word of God, is that a wall to you? then I jump back to all these passages that the apostle Paul wrote whether it was to the two young pastors or Ephesians 4 or, or Romans 8 are there areas of your flesh that man they're just dominating you right now and here's what the unique thing about every one of us in this room we all got a flesh man I don't have to be dictated or dominated by it so our team's going to play and they're going to sing that song and again I don't know where you're at this morning but if there's walls in your life that seem like they're erected Jesus is still in the business of tearing them down and I highlight in the book of Joshua when when the Lord told Joshua to walk around the, the city of Jericho and he said Joshua you walk around that and then you shout and those walls will come down well, in the natural, that doesn't make any sense. But again, we're not serving the God of a natural. We're serving the supernatural God. And so something happens. Well, I begin to shout to God and I say, Father God, tear these walls. In. I welcome your grace. And so as they sing this today, I welcome you down here, okay? We're going to start with this right now. Go ahead, guys. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.